What community sounds like. Stay open. Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce. I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my new partner in craft. He's not a brewer. Well, he's a home brewer, but he doesn't own a brewery. It is our buddy, our Wells bro from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, buddy? It's been a long time since we've chatted. Yeah, it definitely has been a long time, and we're, uh, we're doing really well down here in Tampa. And uh, just glad to be back on the show with you. Hmm. Well, of course, you caught me in mid-sip because, um, <laughs> you know, it's a craft beer show, so we're drinking craft beer. And uh, before I go into what I'm drinking, what is in your glass tonight? In my glass tonight, I am drinking uh, Hoppin' Frog's Boris the Crusher mm-hmm. uh, Oatmeal Imperial Stout, just like I told you I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, how do you like it? You've had this one before, right? Oh yeah, this is a this is a favorite of mine from living back in Ohio. Uh, Boris the Crusher, Doris the Destroyer, mm-hmm. uh, which is I think is their barrel aged version of this. But yeah, this, this is a this is actually a a gold medal winning stout at GABF mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of years. So this is this is a good one. Whenever I can get my hands on this one, I do. Uh, and I think in this last shipment, we were just talking about. Tavor. Let's call it Tavor. Tavor. I think we'll just stick with that. Okay. Um, I ordered three of these just because you know I don't get these very often, yeah. and I really like them. So you so. have you have two more bottles after this one? I, I believe so. Yes. Oh my goodness! I I only ordered one, and I wish I would have ordered more because if I would have known you had a bottle of this, we could have drank this together and even done a little mini review on it. Well, it seems like between between you and I, I mean, you and I were just talking about uh, what's in your glass, um, that I have that coming here very shortly. So that may be an option for us here in the very near future. So we <laughs> might have to compare notes. Okay. I, I mean, I'm drinking my last can of it right now, so I have to yeah. order more if that's the case. Well, I'm sure we're going to come up with some things that... Uh, that line up again like like this did, but yeah. why don't you why don't you tell everybody what you're drinking tonight? Okay, I'll do that. I am drinking a beer that I got from Tavor. We decided that's what we're going to call it. Um, this is from the Denver Beer Company. It's the Graham Cracker Porter, and uh, this is uh, it's nice. We, Chris and I were chatting a little bit before we started, and he was just asking me how you know how I liked it because he's getting a couple cans himself, and it's good. It's uh. I, I am a porter snob, so I kind of judge porters a little bit more uh, stricter than I would other beers that I'm not so crazy about. Um, but it's a good porter. It is a, it's definitely a solid porter. Uh, I don't remember what I rated it. I, I'm thinking it was probably close to a four, I'm guessing. Um, but it, it does have good good flavor. A little bit of cracker, you know, graham crackery flavor in there. I'm guessing it's coming from some, some caramel and some, and some biscuity uh, type malt character, if I were to guess, but I don't know how it was made, but it is it is tasty. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm just going to sip on this thing throughout the night. I'm not going to go crazy on the show today, and I'll, I'll tell you why later in the show. I'll keep you guys on the edge of your seats of why I'm not drinking so much as I normally do on the show. So you might not hear me slur my words as badly uh-huh. um, as usual. 
Well, I'll I'll try to make up for it because I already have uh, every time I get on the show with you guys, I always get my one beer that I start <laughs> with, and then I always have two, three, sometimes four, depending yeah. on how long the show goes, already lined up in the fridge, ready to go. So yeah, yeah, okay. Well, we, the, the, don't get too carried away because I think we're gonna have a fairly average length show, nothing too long. You know, right around an hour is what we're trying to keep it these days, so we don't get people too, uh, you know, too committed to listening to a long show. <laughs> But even though I say that, it always drags on because we, we have some great conversation. That's what is so great about, you know, about our uh, show is that we can just chat about beer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then you know what? Um, maybe I'll talk about Hoppin' Frog at, during our new and noteworthy. I didn't put it in, in the list, but, but I did have the beer and I want to talk about it. But let's get everyone into what the show is all about because I don't want to get carried away without letting any new listeners know what tap to craft is all about we are an educational podcast we focus around celebrating all things craft beer we want to help all of our great listeners along in their craft beer journey and you are listening to episode 108 we are recording on sunday september 9th 2018 and in this episode we're going to discuss the beer style of the blonde ale and where you know where the heck did this come from why would i ever pick such a bland style like the blonde L to talk about. Well, you know what? Like every other topic that comes along in our show, it was brought along because I had a great blonde L that inspired me to learn more about this style and to let our listeners know about it. Because even though it can be kind of a dull style, it can be an exciting style too with some great flavor. So that, that's why we're going to talk about this today. And of course, you can count on Chris and I having some great beer conversation along the way now normally in the show we would have our buddy john ream he is the owner of trek brewing in columbus ohio he would talk about the status of trek brewing because it still hasn't got the grand opening it's getting closer and closer every day and he did not send me an update to talk about bad bad john bad john yeah. but i can talk about what i know from what he is uh, communicated through uh, text messages to me, he has actually started brewing his first beer on his big 15 barrel system. I don't know what that beer is. I'm thinking it is maybe the pale ale. If I were to guess which one he would maybe do first, it's going to be the cream ale or the pale ale. Um, That's probably a good guess. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know for a fact what that first beer was. But he did send pictures of him up there pouring malts into the big kettle and some you know, stuff going on. And so I anticipate hearing from him soon that his first batch of beer on his big system was successful. And he's now pumping out beer left and right for the official grand opening of Trek Brewing. And he had, he had the biggest smile on his face in those pictures. Too. <laughs> I know it's been one hell of a ride for him just to get that, that system installed and up and running. And oh yeah. Just, man, I'm, I'm glad to finally see it in and he's, you know, finally uh, brewing up some beer in it because it has been a long damn time coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been long. And you know what? Just like all the stories that I hear from all the different breweries that talk about how they started up and, and give advice on new that people are, that are thinking about starting up a brewery, what they would recommend them, you know, do. Everyone says double the amount of money that you think you'll need and mm -hmm. double the time. That's the two things that everyone says. And. Just think about forgetting about any kind of real life 
because you're devoted to everything about the brewery in the first couple of years to get it going and, and survive. And I think that's pretty much true. And I think John has witnessed some of those things because the money does tend to go away quite fast when you have unexpected expenses come up. You know, he wasn't planning on replacing the roof of his building and boom, <laughs> he had to replace the roof. Uh, you know, he, he finally got his system in and it's one thing after another with, you know, glycol issues and valves that are broken and controls and pumps. And I mean, one thing after another, it just starts to eat away at the amount of money you have saved up for the investment. But I think he's finally over that hump and I think it's just going to be hopefully smooth sailing, just pumping out awesome beer. And hey, Chris, by any chance, are you planning a trip in the next year or so to go up to Ohio to visit friends or family up there? Or are you going to not visit Ohio for a while? Um, it's actually um, probably, I, I would want to maybe go up maybe uh, late spring um, coming up just so we can go up and see some family. I, Megan's been talking about trying to get a trip up so she can at least see, you know, fall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm thinking about just maybe sending her up for, you know, a couple of days just so she can go visit family. But, um, like, like I was telling you, we brought on that, that new trainer the other, um, couple weeks ago. So it's actually, you know, we're finally, finally seeing a light at the end of the tunnel where we can maybe get away for, you know, a couple of days, have, have a little breathing room. Um, so the opportunity to get to Ohio, uh, is not out of the question. Okay, good, good. Well, let me know if that does solidify for a late spring visit, and maybe I will try to make my way back, and we can go celebrate with John uh, after. You know, I'm assuming in spring he'll already have his grand opening. We won't be there for the grand grand opening, but hey, we'll be there and we'll be able to enjoy some beer, and maybe I'll I'll get up to the Akron area and try some of the great beers they have up there, especially from that Hop and Frog. You know, I want to make mm -hmm. sure I can visit there and, and we, we can maybe grab uh, Amanda and Kevin and take them along on our journeys, too, because, you know, they have family in, in Akron. or So yeah. it might be a great opportunity to get together and have a nice party. Well, I thought it would be really cool uh, if you guys did the, you know, the, the Tap the Craft meetup again, just like you had for, uh, what was it, a, a month or so ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, if we just did that again, maybe at the beginning of summer or something like that, that'd be uh, that'd be cool to do. And that way, with a you know a little, a little kind of more notice and us not in the middle of uh, getting our business up and running and yeah. stuff like that, it's uh, it'd be a lot a lot easier for us to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I want to do more of those meetups, and I think it's a great opportunity to get the community involved. I was really happy with the turnout we had the first one, and I think maybe we can get even more for the second one. So yeah, well, and then. For sure. And then I'd definitely be able to find out if Russ is actually real or not. <laughs> He's real. He's real. I didn't look at his license. I should have got a picture of his license so that I could have taken a photo with him and his license with his name. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't go that far. I just I just trusted that that was him because it sounded like him. At least the same actor that might have been on that <laughs> 100 <actor>. show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We give that guy a lot of grief. I mean, he takes it pretty well. Oh, yeah. He's a good spirit. He's a good. Uh, he's got a good spirit and. And uh, a sense of humor for sure. He asked you to be around John so much. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> let's. Um, did, have you in the last uh, three months since we've talked to you? Surely there's got to be one beer activity you've done that you would like to chat about about some fun activity. 
Yeah, so I wouldn't even really call it, well, I guess I would call it a beer activity because it was kind of work-related, but um, we've been holding our our weekend group training classes in a local brewery. Oh, sweet. So we've uh, hooked up with 81 Bay Brewing Company down in South Tampa, um, and every month, I think it's the first Saturday of the month, they do this where they have what they call their Yappy Hour. Um, and Yappy Hour is just kind of a small fundraising event where they get together with a couple of local uh, dog rescues and um, a couple of different vendors come in and set up. And uh, if you bring these these rescues, some donations and stuff like that, they give you, I think, 15% off of your beer tab. So I reached out to him and said, hey, you know, if you're willing to open up an hour early, we'll pay for your staff's time. Um, and then uh, we can hold our class in this big tasting room. Um, and that way we're indoors, we're in air conditioning, we're not holding our classes outside in a park and, you know, and it'd be 95 degrees at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so we've had two of those since the last time uh, I've talked with you guys and been on the show. And you know, it's just a lot of fun. And uh, the cool part is, is they open up, um, they open their doors an hour early for us. And then um, after our class is over, over at 11 30 go ahead and start serving and the cool part was is the first time we did it uh, i took a picture and sent it to their communications director uh, and there was probably 10 15 people at the bar and the place wasn't even technically open yet uh, <laughs> but uh, but every single person at the bar was one of our clients and i sent her a picture and i said hey look we we filled your bar and it's, you guys aren't even open yet <laughs> so uh, i think this is a good relationship we got going on and uh, we had one this past Saturday and unfortunately I had a, I had another appointment that I had to get to and couldn't hang around and chat with the clients and play with the dogs and stuff. But, um, yeah, that's, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, just kind of doing that. And then I guess the other beer activity that I have been having, I, I would kind of call Tavor a beer activity, mm -hmm. uh, because that's really been, um, our way of getting out and trying a lot of new things. Um, uh, you know, not really having a bunch of different events to go to or the the opportunity to go to a bunch of different events, um, being able to try a bunch of new beers um, and have, just have them dropped off at the house, which is really nice. So that's that's kind of been our, our beer activities uh, other than actual events. Yeah, no, those are good. And I, you know what? Tavor is a great opportunity to, to get beers that you can't find in your area. I, I've enjoyed it because I've been drinking a ton of, of those New England IPAs from the New England area that are just really top-notch beers that I that really Sarah and I have been enjoying. We we take a 16-ounce can and we split it between the two of us and we you know we just go ahead and try the the new ones and and she has really you know learned to appreciate that New England style. At first she was like that does not look good you know some of those those uh, hazy beers that are so hazy that it's not like a normal beer. She's, she was kind of questioning whether or not this is something that she's going to like. But now that we've tried, you know, 10 different ones and she's enjoyed for the most part, the majority of them. And we're, we, you know, we've had a number of double New England IPAs and we even had a triple New England IPA. And I mean, I mean, she really is enjoying them and I'm liking them too. Now, I, I am taking a break from the New England IPA because I you can get overdosed where you just have too many. Oh, yeah. um, I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but sometimes you just need to have something that tastes a little bit different than the, the New England um, style, like a, a palate cleanser. And so we've been, we, we went ahead and we uh, we drank that Boris 
the same beer you're drinking, and mm-hmm. um, it was it was great. I mean, I the the mouthfeel was fantastic, big robust flavor, uh, just a, a super good um, Russian Imperial Stout, oatmeal stout at that, which is uh, which is really nice. And so it was kind of a nice break from all the IPAs. Now, of course, you know, we went back to IPAs uh, since then. You know, we, but we we're drinking other stuff too. I'm drinking porter tonight, so. I'm, I'm sticking to the dark stuff today. All right. Well, hey, that's good. I, I had a couple activities too, Chris. Um, yeah. And I'm going to talk about two two activities in kind of short. The first one might be a little bit longer because I have a lot to say about um, this visit. Um, I think everyone knows that my daughter doesn't live in, in the Boise area. She stayed where she went to school at in Pocatello, Idaho. And she's a, she's a teacher there. And she was really excited to tell me about a new brewery that was opening up in July, at the end of July. As soon as it was announced, she sent me notifications like, oh, check this out. And I read the article that was written on it, and I found out that the brewers that are that started up this brewery are from a Washington brewery. And I believe it was Backwoods Brewing. But you know what? Now that I said that, I might be wrong. It might not be Backwoods. It might be everybody's something brewing but regardless they came from a brewery that i was familiar with at the time i read the article and said "Ooh, these guys make good beer um this should be exciting to see these guys come out to a small town and open a brewery so it opened late july my daughter was there for the opening the grand opening and she had a great time and loved the beer and she's gone back i swear every single weekend she's gone back to this place and and you know tries all the beer they have so we went and visited her last weekend. It was nice. They they don't open till three o'clock, which is normal, I guess. But you know, typically here in the in our area, the breweries on the weekend open at noon. But um, but it opened at three. So we went ahead and did some you know went and did some shopping and did some stuff, and then showed up at the brewery at three o'clock. And the I'll tell you what, the venue is very nice, well done, big area inside. Um, nice bar area, huge bar. They have 10 taps on tap, you know, 10, 10 taps they can uh, have beers on. They had six of them were their own, and they had three guest taps. And they had one tap that was just being used for CO2 for filling crawlers. And this is what I don't see a lot of places that fill crawlers do, is they actually evacuate the, the air in the can with CO2 before mm-hmm. filling it with beer. Have you seen that uh, in your area? Actually, yeah, a lot of places around us have been doing that. Uh, Angry Chair specifically, yeah, uh, does that. Yeah, they, so you know, dump some CO two in there. Yeah, and I think that helps with the you know oxidation that can occur and, and makes it last a little bit longer with the with the flavor before it starts to deteriorate. I'm guessing uh, maybe it helps with carbonation, but I don't think it does. I think it just evacuates the air, so you don't have any oxidation. Um, so that was kind of cool, and. Also, this brewery is so popular that that uh, that they run out of, they've run out of beer. They they literally the last weekend that the weekend before we went, my daughter was there. She says, "Oh no, they only have one beer on tap. Everything else is guest tap. They ran out of beer." She goes, oh, "I hope that when you come next weekend that they're going to have their you know have beers ready." Sure enough, we showed up and they had six new beers. So that we got lucky. I was going to be really upset if I show up and only have one beer on tap. That would have been a crusher and um they also have a very nice outdoor space now this is in an old 
portion of Pocatello, uh, and it's like, you know, it's like like most places. I think it was an old. I don't think it was an old garage. It was some old storefront. Uh, maybe a a garage. Maybe some kind of a auto garage thing or warehouse space or something. But it's a brick building, and they have a nice closed in, fenced in. I mean, completely fenced in, like six foot fence, uh, back patio area. Very well done. Very, I mean, very nice. Very welcoming. It's, it, I mean, they really did a nice job fixing this place up and making a spot where people want to go and drink, which I really appreciated. And they have a special spot where food trucks can back in and it just like closes off the space with a food truck and you just go get your food and eat while you're there. They don't have a restaurant on site. They just plan on, at least for the short term, I don't know if long term they, they plan on having their own food, but they have a, a pretty consistent line of, of regular food trucks, not rotating ones, but ones that's, you know, at every, like, certain days of the week, the same truck is there every week. So you know you can count on having, you know, similar food that you enjoy. But my daughter says she's been there. Actually, she's been there more than just on a weekend because she says she's tried all the food trucks, and they're all really good. And the one we were having when we were there was, was called Tab, something after breakfast or something. I don't know, taste after breakfast or taste something. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, their food was fantastic. I would never have guessed that it was a food truck type of food because it, you know, it seemed like it was food that would have come out of a, a nice brew pub, a gastro pub, and it was really tasty and, and really well done. So let me see, what do I have on here? Oh, the staff, super friendly, super welcoming. As soon as we walked in, they welcomed us. They, you know, they, they helped us with the beer. Um, came by our table several times and got us new beers and uh and, and it was just really really friendly so i, I really appreciate and it, this place was busy too really busy and they and they still took the time to go and and you know connect with us which is which is makes you want to come back you know i definitely want to visit this place again because the staff is good the place is nice and the beer is fantastic now I mentioned that the reason we're doing a blonde ale style guideline show is because the first beer I had was a blonde ale. It's called the Ambitious Blonde. And I'll tell you what, this blonde ale was a five cap rating in my book, a perfect blonde ale. I, it had so much flavor, so easy drinking. Um, you know, I had the sampler, I had the sample of all six of their beers, and then I ordered, um, a pint of this and a pint of of the uh, the next beer I'll talk about, the alt beer. They had an alt, alt beer that was really good, too. And so, yeah, I just want to say that, uh, you know, most people tend to not go for a Blondale because they're just kind of okay, right? They're not very flavorful. They're lighter. They're for people that want an introductory in or introduction into craft beer that maybe don't like beer. You know, everyone gives them a cream ale or a, or a Blondale because it's not going to offend them as, you know, as bad as a, a hoppy beer or a dark beer might. Um, so yeah, the, the alt beer was called Farfanugan and it mm. was really good. It was really good. I really, really liked that one. And one other honorable mention I'm going to say of this, of the, the six was their pale ale and it was called the Idaho seven pale ale. That means they're using Idaho seven hops. And I've mentioned on the show a few times that, the Idaho 7 Hop, can, when used properly, can really give some great flavors, unique flavors to a beer. But so often, this hop, you know, the brewery will use it incorrectly. They'll leave it in too long. They'll dry hop it too long or whatever, and it comes off 
like really vegetable, you know, veg vegetable or garlicky or some off flavors that just don't work. Um, this one was done perfect, perfect, really, really well done. I uh, really enjoyed that one. So that was my visit. Oh, I, I didn't even say what the name of the brewery was, did I, Chris? No, you didn't. Oh, I just got so carried away. It's Jim, Jim Dandy Brewing in Pocatello, Jim Dandy. So I recommend anyone driving through Pocatello, uh, look up their their site, find out when they're open. Hopefully you'll be driving by or driving through when they're open. Stop by, have some, have a meal, taste their beers, interact with the staff, have a great time, and then continue on your adventures if Pocatello is not your final stop. Um, I definitely recommend this brewery over the other brewery in town. The other brewery in town, you know, that was the only brewery in town, so everyone went there. But their beer, you know, they have some really good beers, but they have some problems with their lighter, their lagers especially. Uh, they, they have a diacetyl problem that is really uh, turns me off to a lot of their lighter lighter beers. They just have a, 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 bad, uh, a, bad, a bad issue with diacetyl. I'm just not into butter, butter beer mm -hmm. very much. All right, any questions, Chris? So is, uh, <clears throat> is the Idaho 7 hop, is that one that you see a lot in your area, or is that one that you seek out? It is not one I seek out. It's uh, because, again, like I said, I it's a hit or miss whether it's going to be done well or not. Um, so I I tend to stay away from it, but I will try a taster of of it if you know if I haven't had that beer before, I'll see how the brewery does with it. Um, but it it is one that is getting a lot of use here in Idaho. It is a local Idaho hop that is you know it's called Idaho Seven, right? They I think we mentioned it on the show. I think I talked about an article that was uh, mentioned that this this hop was um, whatever they do, what they splice, gene spliced and, and created specifically here at an Idaho hop farm. And it's only like seven years old, five or seven years old. It's really young and it's starting to be used in a lot more beers. I'm seeing beers all the way over on the East Coast making beers with Idaho 7 hop. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's starting to get a little bit bigger growth out into the wild but here in idaho we see a lot of breweries at least do one beer with it just to showcase it because it is a local you know a local special hop okay yeah have you have you not you probably haven't had any idaho seven hop beers have uh, you i have seen i've seen them available i know that there's been beers around us that have the idaho seven in there there's i don't think i've ever really just going okay well let's give this one a try because uh, I'm getting to the point right now with uh, IPAs and pails and stuff like that I'm just, I'm getting kind of hopped out that's kind of yeah. why I was really glad to move on to this uh, oatmeal stout tonight uh, because we've been doing a lot of like Berliners and and uh, you know pale ales and the and the milkshake IPAs oh, yeah, and the yeah. hazy IPAs <laughs> and stuff like that and it's yeah. just been getting to the point where uh, you need something to uh, switch up on the palate a little bit. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you for sure, for sure. All right, well, the next event I want to talk about just happened last night, and this is part of the reason why I'm kind of not drinking as heavily as I normally would on a Sunday is because uh, we had our annual company tailgating party at the Boise State uh, football game yesterday, and uh, it was against Connecticut and Pretty much BSU kicked the crap out of Connecticut. It wasn't even a game. But it doesn't matter. I didn't go to the game. I just went to the tailgate party. But what was cool is 
I was asked to pick out the beer for the tailgating party. And we have, there was going to be, a, I think, about 200 people show up at our tailgate party. So we had a big budget for beer, $1,000 for alcohol. And um, last year, the people that picked it out, they picked out pretty much all either cheap beer, like when I, I'll say, I say cheap beer, but, you know, Bud Light, Coors Light, uh, Keystone, you know, beers that you can get a lot in bulk uh, and drink a lot of that. And the craft beer they they brought was all IPA, nothing but IPA, and maybe a couple lagers in there, but pretty much all IPAs. And people said, come on, what's up with the IPAs? I mean, we enjoy a few IPAs, but we don't want all the craft beer we drink IPA. So everyone kept coming to me and saying, hey, you're, you're going to pick the beer out next year because we know you know about beer and we want to make sure we have a variety. So I got to go pick the beer out. And we had four carts. Well, we had two carts of craft beer and then two carts of, you know, the Coors Light, Bud Light, Keystone, Paps, you know, the stuff that you can just get 30-pack for cheap and, and just down it. Um, Yeah, had a great time. I picked – I had so many – people come to me and say, man, great job on the beer selection because I literally had every possible style of beer that you wanted to drink. The only thing that was missing, I did have a couple brown ales, but you know, there wasn't a lot of brown. Um, there wasn't, I don't think I had any stouts because that's just a little bit too heavy to be drinking on a hot uh, tailgate party day. Um, so I was kind of light on the stouts, but I did have a lot of um, I had porters and um, a lot of pails, a lot of different lagers. The, the theme was a, a Mexican theme. We had a, a taco truck that was, you know, provided us uh, unlimited street tacos for the event. And so they kind of we had a lot of different Mexican lagers. I went, I went out and got uh, full sale uh, Mexican lager, uh, a great Mexican lager from that session um, one that I talked about before. A lot of that. We had the regular Modelo and the uh, Dos Equis, you know, for the people that, you know, want to dig that way. But I had a lot of other more crafty Mexican-style lagers and Vienna lagers and stuff that people really enjoyed. And I bought a, a couple of those uh, those 18 packs of that New Belgian Daybreaker. And mm. is that what it's called? Daybreaker, right? Day Day Gazer. Day Gazer. Jeez, day glazer, day gazer. Well, whatever it is, it's a blue can with the with the sunburst on it. Day blazer, day blazer. Yes, that's it. Day blazer. Um, people loved it, loved it. I had a case, case and a half of of uh, of the uh, Firestone Walker eight hundred five. Uh, people love that one too. You know, nice lighter ale that has some good flavor that people can just enjoy without being overtaxed with their palate i did have a bunch of ipas too but definitely a lot less of the ipas and the, and the hoppy beers than we had last year but it was a great selection and uh, we we pretty much we we didn't we ran out of the the craft beer about 10 o'clock at night and we were i don't know i didn't stay to the end i think they went on till like midnight i left at 10 10, 10, 30. I left right about 10, 15 or so. I just got tired. I, I helped set up. I got all the beer. We had to haul it all to the site. Um, I mean, set everything up. I was pretty well tired. So I lasted till 10 o'clock at night before I, Sarah and I headed home. But we had a great time. 
And, uh, and so people asked, how can we just don't have a keg? It'd be cheaper, right? You can have a bunch of, like, you have like five or six kegs and it'll be cheaper than to buy all those cans. Well, there's a couple of things. For one thing, with the keg, you only have five or six selections. Um, okay, we might be able to find stuff that people like in five or six selections. Second thing is they don't allow kegs at the tailgate party because that's, you know, too much uh, alcohol. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the reason why we don't have kegs. I think if, you know, if they allowed kegs, we could probably have, you know, gotten quite a few kegs for a thousand bucks. At least mm -hmm. 10, right, you think? I'm gonna... Yeah, I think, I, you know, you're probably going to, on a really, really high, uh, and I haven't bought a keg in a long time, but like on a really high end, you know, you're going to pay 200 bucks for, you know, for, um, oh, what are those things called? A five-gallon keg, a sixth. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, it didn't sound like you were going, you know, way, way too high-end, really expensive, expensive beer. Like, no. So, I mean, you could have done really, really okay yeah yeah so uh, every, like i said everyone was happy um i don't know how much i drank but uh i was there for a <laughs> long time and uh you know luckily sarah um only had two beers the whole time we were there and and she was well um sober to drive me home because i basically came home and then just passed out <laughs> so obviously today i am not drinking as much because i drank a bit last night, so. Not but, right. but I am so enjoying between, the porter. Uh, you you kind of mentioned the eight oh five was one of the uh, one of the highlights, mm -hmm. and then the day blazer was one of the highlights. Did you have any others that stood out uh, as kind of a, a clear crowd favorite? I think that uh, uh, crowd favorite. Oh, so I'll, I'll tell you that I did get some Quilters Iris Death from Iron Horse. I think you've had that beer, right, Chris? The quilters did I send? Uh, I've had some stuff from Iron Horse, but it wasn't uh, Quilters Death. Oh, I, okay. I gotta send you that. It's one of my favorites, and people love that. But that's you know, so that's a natural. People see that and they gravitate to it. That went that went fast. People also really enjoyed. Um, ah, what was it? Air Full Sales Airstream IPA, Session IPA, um, brand new beer that I'd never had before. Um, I'll tell you what, it was a very crisp, like a light citrusy crisp session IPA, very drinkable, uh, reminds me of maybe a lighter version of the prismatic, um, IPA, which is, was also a fan, a big hit. Uh, people love the prismatic Nikasi prismatic. I, I, you know, I, I literally drank five or six cases of it this summer. I was a big fan of that beer, even though I didn't rate it very high as far as ipas it you know even though i rated like a three and a half as, a, as far as like great ipas it was just so drinkable that you literally would open a can it would be gone in like three sips you know you go to the fridge and open another can before you know it that six pack that you just bought is gone in one evening and you don't even know where it went because it's so easy to drink and just tasty and that's the same thing with this airstream such an ipa from full cell really good um that was a hit the uh, Nankasi was a hit for the, for the hoppy stuff. Um, I also had some Hop Valley, which is a Eugene brewery. I had a, a couple of their uh, hop, you know IPA sample packs. Those were a big hit. Um, people like love the Citrus Mistress, which is a orange citrus IPA that's really tasty. Uh, there was a 
also there was the Alpha Delic from Hop Valley that people love as a double IPA that people really enjoyed that one too. And then as far as the, you know, like I said, the lighter ales were the ones we already mentioned. And they also really dug the session. I got a bunch of full sale session lager, the regular red can. Man, that stuff went fast. People love that lager um, as well as the Mexican lagers of the, the session. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if there was a surefire one beer they love. I just know that that people just enjoyed the variety, that they didn't have to drink the same thing over and over. They, they kept going in and finding new things that, that interest them, and, and they kept trying. All right, well, that's enough of my beer adventures for the last couple of weeks. But how about we go more into detail, Chris, about some of the noteworthy beers that you'd like to chat about? Absolutely, because uh, I've got a handful of them, uh, especially since from the last time I talked to you guys. And uh, one of them, and the very first one in my notes, <clears throat> might be a little surprising to you. Um, so I'm going to skip that one and do that one last. Okay. But uh, one I had, I think it was a couple of nights ago, was from uh, Ruben's Brews oh. out, and out in Washington. Ah. Uh, their, their expat IPA. Nice. And that one got a uh, got four and a quarter caps from me for in the, on Untapped. And uh, it was just a really, it was, it was kind of tropical, but also a little spicy too. Um, not heat wise, but just kind of uh, the hops tasted kind of had some spicy flavors to them. But uh, it was, it was really good. Uh, and I actually uh, have been chatting back and forth with their head brewer, who is actually part of a beer group in Tampa. Oh, uh, surprisingly enough. Um, I can't remember what her name is, but um yeah, I've been kind of just chatting back and forth with her saying, hey, you know, this was really good and um, wish we got got more stuff, uh, more Ruben stuff out here because uh, any of the stuff that I've had from them has been really good. Um, next on the list is going to be from right here in Tampa, which is going to be from Hidden Springs, uh, which is their upside. It's called the Upside Down, kind of themed after... Um, Stranger Things, if oh, you guys are familiar with yeah. that show. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's a pineapple upside-down cake Berliner. Oh, nice. And we, they released this, um, they released this beer, uh, I want to say maybe a month or two ago. And, um, you know, they, they were selling it in four packs at the brewery. So I went and got one, got another one of the breweries that they, or another one of the releases that they had. And I was like, okay, well, let's give these a try. Um, we, I tried one of the upside downs. Megan tried one of the upside down. A good friend of ours tried the upside downs. And we absolutely just fell in love with it. Uh, it was really, it's not really light, but it's it's just really easy to drink. It's got a, the pineapple doesn't, you know, take over the whole thing, but it's still a little tart. And then um, it was just really, it, it's just good. So much so that, um, I went and bought an entire case of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> when I, you know, when, when you go buy a four pack and you know, you're like, okay, well, I spent a little bit of money on a four pack and, and everybody's like, oh, this is so good. We have to have more of it. And then you go buy a case of it and you get your tab and you go, um, it, it's for the beer. Yeah. You know, we're, we're doing it. We're doing it for the beer. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just, let's just go ahead and, uh, 
let's just go ahead and buy it. Oh, and the uh, the head brewer at Rubens, her name is Leslie Shores. So if mm. Leslie ever hears this, uh, cheers to you <laughs> for brewing some awesome beer out there at Rubens. Oh yeah. Um, and then oh, so the the upside down all the way gets five caps from me on that one. Um, I I don't know if Megan's putting her stuff on untapped, but I, I she'd give this one a five cap too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after that, we're going back to Washington. Uh, for Silver City Brewery's Quick Stout. Uh, Quick Stout was a, um, a, a milk stout uh, with some chocolate, and it was very, very much like chocolate milk. Um, and that one got a uh, 4.25 for me as well. Uh, it was just, it was just chocolatey. It had a little bit of roast in it, but uh, it was more sweet than anything. Um, and it was just, uh, it's just good. It's just good. I'm trying to. Enjoy some some stuff out of again. All these other than the upside down have come out of my Tavor box, out of my Tavor shipments. Yeah, yeah. I've had uh, Silver City. I think I might have had the Quick Stout, but uh, I haven't. I didn't have the Expat IPA. I've had a lot of Ruben stuff, but uh, let me see if I've had the Silver City. Of course, now I can't spell. I'm well, uh, I'm, I'm looking up for you now. Um, I don't know if you have or not. Silver City Quick. Of course, now it's now nothing's working. Quick. <laughs> I think you know what I just say. It's probably my no. It's John's fault. That's right. We were it's John. It is John's fault. fault. That's why Untapped um, is broken. Uh, uh, he had uh, so the only one of my friends that had had it has had it is uh, my buddy David Campbell, which is here in Tampa. So. Um, he, I know he gets to war shipments all the time. So okay. That's probably why he had it. No, but Silver City is pretty good. I've had a number of their things, especially when I would go to Seattle and visit John. I would go and pick up a bunch of beers that I could get, and and Silver City was one of those ones I would pick up a, a few of their interesting things and, and drink, and they're pretty good. So uh, that's good to know that if I see Silver City quick stout, I need to pick it up because that's a four and a quarter for you. That's good. That's a good rating. Yeah, it was good. It might be a little too sweet for you, um, but for me, it was it was pretty good. And I believe there was some. I swear that they're going to be the need for my uh, to to well when I get a new house is to second mortgage that thing because I swear every other day I'm adding new stuff to another box. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, it's it's getting out of hand because I think my first box had something like forty beers in it, and then the one that I just got had. I want to say it had 42 or something. Oh my gosh. Like it's, wow. It's getting all ridiculous. You're, you're actually, been, you're actually hitting been, the max, right? They, they say a max of this many and you're actually ordering all of them. No, no. Okay. No, it's basically <laughs> when they get to the point where they, I get an email like every other day or I just, I, I have some time to kill in between appointments or something. I, I just kind of kick on the app and go, Oh, well that wasn't there yesterday. Hmm. I like that one. Let's get one of those, we'll <laughs> one of those, or, Oh, this comes in two cans at a time. So we'll get two cans of that. And yeah, it's, it, it's become a, it's not a problem. It's for the beer. It's for the beer. It's for oh, the beer. We'll stick, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? You got to do something for yourself. You know, it's not all work, work, work. You got to have some fun. No. And that's, and that's been the, the fun part is, uh, as Megan and I, we've been, we've been busting our asses a lot. Uh, just kind of working, working some crazy hours and I'm sure John will back me up on this one. It's, it's basically, you know, seven days a week, uh, 
you know, we, we were, we were doing some work. Like I was telling you, we were, we were at a friend's house today, just kind of having some dinner and uh, we were still answering text messages from clients and trying to schedule things. And it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. It really is. It's a great problem to have, but man, it's, it's, it's um, <laughs> overwhelming at times. Well, eventually you'll have a bunch of people under you and then you can just sit back and collect the money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, got some time before that happens, but you know, uh, ultimate goal, I guess. Yeah, you got to have goals. Mm -hmm. So the last one that I'm going to talk about is um, a beer that I posted on our Facebook page a year ago. Oh, now this one came from Anchorage Brewing, mm -hmm. and it was called the Experiment. Ah, now Anchorage Brewing put out this beer, and when they when they brewed it, I believe that they talked about putting an actual ton of blueberries <laughs> in this beer. Oh, wow. And the color, uh, there's a picture on our Facebook page somewhere. The color on this beer is just, it's gorgeous. It's just a really, you know, it's that blueberry color, that, that purplish blue, um, it's just a really pretty color that, uh, that definitely stands out. You don't see many we don't see that color very often unless mm -hmm. you're using blueberries. For yeah. Um, but as a lot of our listeners might know, I'm not a big fan of that open fermentation, uh, wild ale kind of things. But I will step in and say that anytime anyone ever says that they have a beer style that they don't like, they haven't tried the right one yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this, this one was my right one. All right. Yeah. The Anchorage Brewing, the experiment, aged in Chardonnay barrels. And this is off of untapped. I didn't really double check this too much because I was kind of a little late getting back to get with you. Uh, aged in Chardonnay barrels with Britannomyces or Brett, Pediococcus, I believe that's what it is. So yep. Pedio yep. and Lactobacillus. Yeah. Wow. All kinds of bugs in yeah, that thing. Yeah, it's buggy. And I gave that a four and a half cap. Nice rating nice. on untapped this was uh it was not only was it definitely you know definitely blueberry um and it was really good it was nice and tart on that you know kind of on the tart side um but then there was it was an earthy sweet flavor too that worked out really well and uh the chardonnay barrels just it helped it along so well I am so glad I ordered three bottles of that because, man, that stuff is just so good. <laughs> yeah, that uh, those Anchorage beers aren't cheap either, so that's a pretty good uh, investment you made on it without even ever trying it. Well, I mean, it, it was the hype got me. Yeah, when, when I when I posted that picture a year ago, and then uh, I think I I did a follow up post on our Facebook page. Um, uh, it had to have been over a month and a half ago because this popped up as uh, something that was available through Tavor. I mean, I swear we're, we're going to talk about this company so much. You're going to swear that we were sponsored by it. Um, <laughs> we're not though. <laughs> and it, uh, it popped up and I was like, you know what? I, I've got to get this. I checked some ratings on uh, beer advocate untapped. Um, just kind of looked it up a little bit and it got some really good ratings. And I said, you know what? Let's just, Let's just go for it. If I hate it, more than likely Megan will like yeah. it, or I know somebody who will like it. Yeah, trade and bait. I think I drank it last night or the night before, um, and it's only in a 375 milliliter bottle. Oh, it's and a small bottle. 
Yeah. So we, we poured it in a glass and we we're just kind of sitting watching TV. And before you know it, she goes, where, where the hell did all the beer go? I went, <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. That's, uh, that's my bad. <laughs> so yeah, I, I took care of most of that. She goes, well, uh, I guess we'll have to, you know, open another one soon. I was like, yeah, well, good thing we got a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Those are some awesome beers and I'm really envious of you at that Anchorage Brewing. I, I do love Anchorage. There's, I mean, I don't buy very many of them because again, like I said, they here, I usually get them in 750 milliliter bottles and they're usually, you know, 25 to $30 a bottle. So they're a little bit spendy for that kind. So I really have to have a, you know, a good, I don't know. I have to either be really drunk or have a good uh, reason to to spend that kind of money on one beer. But they they usually don't disappoint for sure. Get a get a bonus at work. Yeah, yeah. Well, all my bonuses this year are going to help pay for my uh, my uh, furnace that I just put in uh, fifteen oh, yeah. fifteen grand in in furnace uh, that I I yeah. It was that money was supposed to go to buying me a new car, but now it's going to to my house that's what being a homeowner is all about is uh spending money on it <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so all right denny well enough about what i've been drinking what have you been drinking lately okay um i also am going to speak um a little bit about tavor uh purchases in fact i'll talk about the first one for, wait i'm gonna go off the list so not on my list that i have written in our show notes i'm gonna talk about the one that john talked about last show I didn't realize that I had got a couple of cans of this myself until after we were done recording and I went to the fridge and I was, you know, getting some beer for Sarah and I to try, uh, you know, after work. And I went in and I was looking through my, my beer fridge and I realized that I had Urban Artifacts, uh, the Gadget uh, Sour, the one that he said was the best of the three that they had at the, at the Reds game. Uh, the Gadget was full of uh, blackberries and raspberries and he said it was the best of the three that they had from urban artifact so i tried that one and i'll tell you what he's not joking that's a five cap rating beer for sure um just so well done it's got a nice tartness to it uh the blackberry and raspberries come across with tart and not sweet so it's it's very but not too tart right it's not like you know too puckery but just enough incredible berry flavor and you pour the you pour it into your glass your glass is floating with fruit uh particles and stuff in it right it's got real fruit in there and man it is really really good so he was not even joking when he said that uh urban artifacts gadget the gadget uh, sour was fantastic so i just want to mention that off the top of the the show or of my no, new noteworthy okay now going into my first, the only Tavor one I'm going to mention, because I had a lot of, of my Tavor stuff, and they were all good, but I can't talk about them all. So I picked the one that, that um, really stood out above all the rest of the New England IPAs I had. This is not a New England IPA. This is actually a Goza from Hangar 24. It's their 10th anniversary Sorbet Goza. And I'll tell you what, this Goza is awesome it is it tastes like you're like you're you know like you're uh you're eating some 
fruity, tropical fruity, orange and strawberry and guava uh, sorbet, like all mixed into one. Super delicious. I absolutely loved this beer. Five cap rating Goza. And I am a big time Goza fan. So that's not a light, you know, it's not a light rating. That's a good rating for a Goza. Um, was this by any chance in your uh, Tavor crate there, Chris? No. Um, it's, I think it's, so, it's amazing how there are so many um, similar options that you and I can get, but yeah. then um, many ones that, so, you know, so many beers that are available that, you know, Hangar 24, yeah, this wasn't offered to me okay. at all. Well, if it, is, if it does show up in your list, which it might. I don't know if they're, re- they're doing this one all year for their 10th anniversary or if it's just like a short run. I don't know. If it shows up in your list, you have to get it because I think you, both you and Megan will just fall in love with this beer. It's, it's really good, really good. So that's, my, uh, that's my only Tavor one I'm going to talk about right now. Uh, the other beer that really impressed me, it is a New England IPA. It's actually a milkshake IPA. And it's from Odell Brewing out of Colorado. It's called the Cloud Catcher Milkshake IPA. I'll tell you what, this was very, very good. Um, my wife, Sarah, loved it. We had uh, a pint. Um, you know, actually, so it's inter- here's an interesting story. When we were at Jim Dandy, like I said, they had six of their beers and they had three guest taps. One of the guest taps was this Cloud Catcher beer. So because I wanted to try all of their their regular beers first. I I ordered all their the flight of six of their regular beers, and then I, I was going to get a pint of this milkshake IPA afterwards. I go to order the milkshake IPA, and the keg blew. And I'm like, ah, oh, damn, I can't get it. So then we're driving home from Pocatello back to Boise. And as we're driving, you know, up pops on my little notification from the Growler guys, which is a local growler shop that has a lot of beer on tap. I have a as a preferred venue on my untaps. And so every time they put a new beer on, it pops up and tells me what it was. And what pops up after driving home? Cloud Catcher Milkshake IPA. I said, hey, guess where we're going when we get home? We're going to Growler Guys, and we're ordering this beer because I really want to try it. So that's what we did. We actually went to Growler Guys after we drove all the way back from Pocatello, and we each got a glass of the Milkshake IPA. And I'll tell you what, it's really good. Sarah loved it. I enjoyed it. Um, it's it was seven dollars per glass, which I thought was a little bit ridiculous for that kind of price for a fourteen ounce pour too. It wasn't even a full sixteen ounce pour. It was a fourteen ounce pour. Seven dollars. That's expensive, right, Chris? For a fourteen ounce pour? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's expensive for boys. Yes, though. it is, Denny. Yes. <laughs> But you know what? Um, it was good, and we enjoyed it. We both enjoyed it. So I want to let everyone know, if you can get Odell Brewing, um, check out, look for their Cloud Catcher Milkshake IPA and try it. It's really good. It's got a great mouthfeel. The lactose is just enough. It doesn't make it too sweet, but it, it cuts some of that, that hoppy edge, you know, that you can get even with some of the New England IPAs. You'll still be kind of a, a hop bitterness at the end. Not... Not bitter, bitter, but like a, that citrusy bitter. And this cuts that down to almost nothing. Really easy drinking. I think it was like 8% per, 
too. So it, you have no idea there's 8% alcohol in this thing. It's super easy to drink, really good. And then the last beer I'm going to talk about is a beer that was when I showed up at my daughter's house uh, or apartment uh, Friday night after we got off work. You know, we drove three hours up, you know, down to see her. We got there a little bit after eight o'clock. And actually, nine o'clock, I guess. Eight, yeah, about nine o'clock. And I said, hey, I really need a beer. And I said, surely, you know, tell me you've got beer in your fridge. You know, of course, she's my daughter. She's going to have beer in the fridge for me, right? And she did. And she had a, she had things, she had two or three things I had never tried before. And one of the beers in her beer fridge was given to her from a friend at work who had brought it back from them from when they went back home uh, in Illinois. They brought a bunch of beer back with them that they like from a local brewery that they really enjoy. And that brewery is called Brickstone Brewery. Never even heard of Brickstone Brewery. And the beer that she had in the fridge for me was their Pale Ale. It's called just Pale Ale, American Pale Ale, APA. And I'll tell you what, man... That pale ale was fantastic. I really enjoyed that pale ale. Great hop flavor, a different kind of a characteristic that I'm not used to tasting. I'm I, right now off the top of my head, I can't think of of the uh, you know the flavor profile, but it was really good, and I, it really hit the spot. I really enjoyed uh, drinking that beer. So thank you to my daughter for hooking me up with a unique beer that I hadn't had from a brewery I never heard of out of Illinois. Well, it sounds like she's been raised right. Of course. So, of course. Good job, Haley. Yeah. Yeah, she did She did great. She did great. All right. Well, those are our new and noteworthy beers that we recommend all of you guys to go out and try. All right. Well, now let's get into some feedback. And we. Uh, I'm going to talk about our Twitter poll. I didn't do one the last couple shows, but I have one already in the works, active right now, started today. And the Twitter poll f- that will be running through September 16th is the following. Fall is upon us. Do you prefer, and you have two choices, only two choices this time, Oktoberfest Marchson beer or pumpkin beers? And uh, I've already had, uh, we've had 12 uh, responders already in just an hour or two it was been active. And uh, we've had uh, a write-in, a, a write-in from my buddy Ben Shanir. He said option three, uh, skip all together and go right into winter warmers, which I think is a brilliant <laughs> option that he knows that's close to my heart because he knows how much I love winter warmers. But I can't skip fall. I have to have some fall loving uh, in my, you know, I have to have some fall loving. I got to have it. And for me, it's definitely the Oktoberfest is, is really uh, a great beer for entering in the fall. How about you, Chris? I, I, I mean, we'll, we'll go ahead and give our answers now, and we can give it again next week, next show. Uh, I, I literally just voted about three minutes oh. ago, too. Oh. Uh, um, so I went with uh, the Oktoberfest or the Martin. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that's probably going to be the runaway uh, choice. I, I think pumpkin beers are, you know, they're okay, but it's, I mean, I think they're kind of running... They're not as popular as they once were, right? I, I definitely don't see as many pumpkin ales out there as we did just three years ago when they were swamped. Like, everyone was making pumpkin ales, and you, know, you couldn't walk two feet without running into one. So, but it, They seem to have been backing off a little bit. And i, I got to interrupt. Um, I've got a beer that just uh, that I 
this one that I just opened mm-hmm. uh, from Cold Fire Brewing in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, yeah. This just this just made my list of uh, new and noteworthy. Really? Uh, this is a five capper tip. Wait, you just opened it. How could it be a five cap? I I've literally taken three or four sips out of it. It's so good. <laughs> okay, so this is a brewery that must be new in Eugene because it wasn't there when I was there a couple years ago. So the brewery is what called Spitfire. Cold Cold Fire Brewing Company. Cold Fire, um, and what's the beer? Cold. Uh, the beer is Cumulus Tropicalis. Okay. Is, uh, let's see. Is it a New so England they, IPA? It's a new, it's a new England IPA. And they are based in Eugene, Oregon. Show more, but yeah, that's uh, this is freaking phenomenal. Oh, so now I need to make a trip to Eugene so I can go get some. <laughs> and once again, this came out of my Tavor shipment. <laughs> wow, wow. Okay, all right. Hey, another another winner. Five cap rating. Way to go, Chris. All right. Well, hey, now that we uh, we've finished our poll talk, let's go into a couple listener feedbacks. You want to go hit it, hit up what Kyle had to say? Sure. So Kyle at Kyle in Ohio on Twitter uh, said it took a couple of weeks, but I'm now 100% caught up with all 106 episodes of Tap the Craft podcast. I hate to admit it, but I didn't start listening until around August of 2017, <laughs> so I had 80-ish episodes to burn through. <laughs> that's, that's impressive, man. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, he says, uh, I've been binge listening for a couple of weeks to catch up. LOL. So, Kyle, damn good job, man. That's uh, that's 80, 80 episodes-ish to get through. That's a lot of listening, man. So, yeah. cheers to you. Yeah, he, he burnt through 106 episodes in a year. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you're on that list, Chris. You were. Now, I don't think you're caught up, are you? Are you caught up with the show? Uh, I might have one to listen to. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? The last episode was really good. You should listen to it. They're all really good, Denny. You know that. <laughs> they, are, they are all good. They're all good. They all have something for someone, for sure. They're, they're really, yeah. really good. Well, you know what? Talking about having some more praise for them being good. We got just today, um, we have a new listener that uh, decided to go ahead and join us on Twitter and, uh, and write a comment. This is Mikhail Sanitra at Mikhail Sanitra on Twitter. He mentions tap the craft podcast is in my opinion, the best educational craft beer podcast, funny and very educational warning. If you listen to Denny and John, from Trek Brewing, you can get an unbeatable taste for craft beer. Good job, boys. And what's nice, what I love about this is that this is not, you know, a, a guy that's listening from the States. He's actually listening from Slovakia, which nice. is awesome. I love getting feedback from our listeners around the world. And uh, so now I can mark on my map that we have a listener in slovakia so thank you Mikhail. i really uh, appreciate you giving us feedback and i hope you enjoy the shows and i i it looks like that he is uh you know either starting up or working at a brewery that's starting up in in the area uh so i wish him the best of luck and maybe one day i'll be able to drink your beer and we can talk about it on the show for sure absolutely yeah. and uh welcome to the podcast yeah welcome Welcome. 
All right. Well, that was our listener feedback. We had some other interactions, but I don't want to, you know, drag on with with too much stuff. These are the two that that kind of stood out that uh, were like uh, the ones I really wanted to, to chat about. Uh, no, no voicemails. You know, people can leave voicemails. I love voicemails. No questions either. No listener questions, which is good because it's just Chris and I. And if it's something technical or, or really detailed about you know beer brewing process, uh, Chris might be able to answer it because he is a home brewer. But I might be, you know, screwed. Wouldn't be good. No, I would totally BS my way through it. Okay. All right. We're all about <laughs> the BS. All right. So, hey, if you want to contact the show like our other listeners have, you can do that very easily through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or do it on Twitter like Kyle and Mikhail did at tapthecraft. And, of course, Chris wants to hear from you on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. Very easy. All those are very easy to find. They're all tap to craft at something. Uh, send us some feedback. And, and again, don't forget, we do have a voicemail number. Call it at 208-536-3359. Or if those are too many numbers for you and you want something easier to remember, we got that too. It's 208-53-ODDLY because we're an oddly bunch of guys. We definitely are. Drunk dials are always welcome. Yes, drunk dials that. are great. Yeah, Chris is a is very familiar with the drunk dialing. <laughs> uh, so that's very good. And we also want to thank Open Forum Radio Network because they support our show by providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that Chris and I are putting out, then we know you're going to find some other great shows like the following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Form Radio Network over at OpenFormRadio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Form Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right. Well, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week, as we already mentioned, we are going to dive in to the Blonde Ale Style Guidelines according to the Beer Judge Certification Program 2015 Style Guidelines. And I also just want to give a little bit of background here. We, you know, everyone knows the Blonde Ale, right? It's it's usually the beer that you know doesn't get a lot of love and I, a lot of breweries they will you know have a blonde ale because they want to have a beer that is a great gateway or introductory into uh, craft beer that people may not that may not like beer this might be a beer style that they might enjoy or at least be able to you know stomach and get down and it maybe eventually build up to other things so it's it's usually an entry level offering uh, for all those new people to beer and it's also an alternative to providing a lager because, as John mentions, you know, it takes time to have the ability, you know, to have lagers in your, in your uh, brewery because they take longer to ferment. And that's, you know, when you're taking a, have a beer that takes a lot longer to get out to the consumer, that's time that that fermenter is not being, you know, cycled over to a new beer. And so a lot of times breweries will just go ahead and bypass the lager because they don't want to have tanks tied up for a beer style that may not be as popular as some of the hoppier or darker beer styles. So it's a, it's also works as a good alternative to, 
to lagers when people uh, can't get lagers. And again, Trek Brewing is not brewing lagers at this time because you know he doesn't want to devote that that tank time to them. Well, there's also um, other methods to lager beers faster. Um, John's probably going to send me a text after he hears this and give me, you know, give me shit about it. But um, I, I, I would imagine because I, I'd done a logger recently, and again, I'm not doing it at the scale that John is. Um, <clears throat> but there are definitely options to make it go a little quicker that work out very well. Okay, so it's like at least, at least on the home brewing side, I, I've had great results with it. Um, a good friend of mine uh, has had great results with it, and we've had a great just regular pilsner just come out for for summer um and it only took about two weeks to do oh my gosh that's that's on the homebrew side um scaling that up to to you know 15 barrels uh uh, might not work yeah (laughs) there there are ways okay that's good to know that's good to know I, i mean I'll be curious to find out about that uh, in the future. Maybe we can do a topic on speed fermenting lagers. Okay, now let's get into this style. So in the BJCP style guidelines, the Blonde L is actually found in the Pale American L section. Uh, this category contains modern American ales of average strength and light color that are moderately malty to moderately bitter. And again, the, this is the blonde L that we are going to discuss. And I'll start off, Chris, and then uh, I'll do a couple, and you'll do a couple, and we'll just move down, and we'll get through this, and, uh, and we'll have the whole uh, style guidelines through here. So I'll start off with the overall impression. So this is an easy-drinking, approachable, and malt-oriented American craft beer. This is, uh, usually has interesting fruit, hop, or malt character notes Uh, it's also well balanced and clean and is a refreshing pint without aggressive flavor so it's again it's a very good beer as an introductory beer to people that aren't used to drinking craft beer Uh, in the aroma it's light to moderately sweet malty aroma possibly might have a light bready or caramelly caramel car caramelly note is that even a word caramelly now <laughs> caramelly note. Uh, there's also going to be low to moderate fruit fruitiness. That's an optional. You don't have to have any fruitiness, but you might have it. Uh, also, it's it may have a low to medium hop aroma and can reflect almost any hop variety. Although typically you're going to find citrus, floral, fruity, and spicy notes of hops. All right, Chris, why don't you jump into the appearance? All right, so in the appearance, we're going to have light yellow to deep golden color. Uh, it's going to be clear to brilliant. What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, it's going to be clear to brilliant, and then it's going to be low to medium white head with fair to good retention, uh, fair to good head retention. Yeah. Uh, in the flavor, it's going to be initially soft, malty sweetness, but optionally some light character malt flavor. Uh, for example, bread, toast, biscuit, and wheat can also be present. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get some, um, uh, or your caramel flavors are typically absent. Uh, if they are present, they are typically low color caramel notes. Uh, it's going to be low to medium fruity esters that are optional but are welcome. And then a light to moderate hop flavor. Uh, and that can be any variety of hops, but shouldn't be overly aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, 
in the bitterness, it should be medium low to medium bitterness, but the balance is normally towards the malt or even between malt and hops. Hmm. And it's going to finish medium dry to slightly malty sweet. Uh, and the impression of sweetness is often an expression of lower bitterness than actual residual sweetness. Yeah. Yeah. Th I think that's a good, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in that flavor profile. There's a lot. And that's but, what is unique really, about it. Right? I was going to say, what really, what everybody really wants to know is how does it feel in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> well, from experience, it's medium light to medium <laughs> to a medium body. Uh, you know, again, I think it depends on the the amount of su sweetness impression you have uh, in there will determine you know if it's more medium light or more medium. It's going to have a medium to high carbonation, and it's going to be smooth without being heavy. It's not going to be a heavy beer, but it's going to be smooth, and that's the key. The best Blondales are ones that are smooth and and you know and not uh bitter right the ones that i, I th every so often i'll have a blondale and it'll have that you know the finish bit like a little bit bitter finish and i just think man you just blew this thing this thing had an op opportunity to provide you with that nice you know light hop hop character maybe some citrus uh light hop citrus character in there but you have to have enough in there to, to give you the flavor but without ending with that that bitterness and when they do it well it's it comes out really well and that's again that is exactly what this blondale that i had at jim dandy it had a light citrus hop character in there but finished with no bitterness at all super smooth a little bit of those fruity esters in the finish that just made you want to drink take another sip i just i really enjoyed it a lot and, that, and that's those are the key attributes of the flavor that, that stuck out with me on that Jim Dandy that made it so good. And then uh, going into some comparison to other styles, uh, this the Blondale will typically have more flavor than an American Lager and Cream Ales. You know, Cream Ales is going to be a lot less. We've already gone over Cream Ales style guidelines, and there are a lot less flavor in, in those. And so this is going to have a little bit more flavor than that. Uh, it's also going to have less bitterness than the American Pale Ale, and it definitely should be less bitter than American Pale. Uh, the you know, that's where I kind of if I have a a blonde ale and it ends with that bitterness, I almost want to just elevate that up into a Pale Ale because that's what it is, right? They, they just kind of missed the mark. They got they got too much of the bitterness in the finish. Right. All right. Why don't you finish us off with some vital statistics and, of course, some commercial examples. All right, so in the vital statistics, we're going to be looking at the IBUs, or International Bittering Units. Uh, that's going to be sitting anywhere between 15 IBUs and 28 IBUs. And the ABV, or alcohol by volume, is going to be 3.8 to 5.5%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's a, it's a light beer. Uh, I know I drink Blondales uh, when we go out to the beach or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, you might want to look at these as uh, lawnmower beers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then some commercial examples of those is going to be from uh, Kona, their Big Wave Golden Ale, uh, Pelican's Kawanda Cream Ale, Russian River's Odd Blonde, uh, Victory's Summer Love, or Widma's Citra Summer Blonde Brew. Yeah. This is the first one. I could almost say I had every one. There's only one of those I haven't had. Can you guess which it's one? Russian River. Yeah, it's the Russian River. And I've been to the Russian River, but they must not have had that on tap when I was there because we, 
we drank all 28 beers they had on tap. Every one we tried. And so they must not have had that on tap when we were there. Yeah, so I've had the Kona Big Wave and the uh, Victory Summer Love. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the other ones, um, I've only recently had a, a beer from Pelican. And then, uh, yeah, I'm with you on Russian River. And then we don't see much Widmer out here. Yeah, um, so the um, the Victory Summer Love, I love that beer. That beer is so drinkable. It's a great summer ale. Uh, and also that Widmer Citrus Summer Blonde is also, again... It adds just that light. I, if if a Blondale has that light touch of cit- citrus in it, it just is like the perfect little refreshing ale for me. And that's what that Widmer has too. It's very, very nice to drink. And the Kawanda Cream Ale, now you're wondering, wait a minute, why is a Cream Ale in the Blondale category? I think because... This cream ale is a little bit heavier than a normal cream ale, and it comes across more as a blonde ale style than the lighter cream ale. And that is a very good uh, cream ale, too. It is a little bit heavier beer, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. So, yeah, some great uh, examples. Um, I really I, – I ran out of time. I was going to go in and pull out some of the other – uh, some of my other favorite blonde ales that I've given high ratings to, but I just didn't have time to go out and – and uh, search them. Uh, maybe next week, next show, I'll I'll go ahead and just do a amendment to our beer style guidelines here, and give you some of my favorite blonde ales that you guys might want to try out there if you aren't hitting the blonde ales. Because I know everyone likes IPAs, or they like dark beers, uh, and no one is really drinking blonde ales for the most part. So we'll get you out there and enjoy some of those. Okay, Chris. Um, I said we'd be an hour. We're going to be a little bit over an hour. It's okay because people like some people like longer shows and some like shorter. So we'll be right in the middle of of what they enjoy. But before we close out the show, I'll give you an opportunity to talk about anything else you want to talk about. And if you don't have anything else to talk about, then let's go ahead and raise a glass to some people you might want to raise a glass to. All right. So I want to talk about uh, actually I want to talk about a new sponsor that we have for the show. Oh. Yes. And uh, you, I actually need to talk to you uh, when we get done about um, putting together a, uh, an audio bed for the beginning of the show. <clears throat> but we are going to be partnering up with a company called B-Cups. Ooh. And B-Cups um, is actually a um, – let me look them up real quick just so I have some appropriate uh, – wording to say but b cups is going to be um something that uh it's, it's a it's glassware that was started here in the tampa area um that you can actually find on amazon and you can find on a couple of uh other different outlets but they are high quality plastic beer glasses um that are dishwasher safe that are uh shaped in different um different different shapes for certain beers so mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna have um you know they they look like what's the what's the type of beer glasses called like there's i want to say they spatten glasses or something like that i can't remember what exactly what they what they're called but anyway the they're they're shaped exclusively for 
um, certain types of beers. So um, they're outdoor craft beer cups. Mm. So if you go places like, you know, Denny, when you and I were at the uh, the pool in Las yeah. Vegas and they were yeah. like, hey, no glass at the pool. You can have these really nice um, plastic glasses. Um, and it says on their website is every B cup style is perfectly designed for long lasting use. They are BPA free, dishwasher safe, and allow you to taste and smell all the subtleties of your favorite beer. Um, they come from a website called fermentedreality.com and the owner of um, B Cups, uh, Joel Bigham, uh, owns a bottle shop uh, amongst other things here in the Tampa Bay area. Um, and we're actually gonna be able to give away a couple of sets of these B Cups uh, or, these, or these beer glasses to our listeners, just like we did with uh, Hop Cloth Sweet. Uh, in, in the past. So. Um, <clears throat> we're going to be working on that for you guys just to kind of get a, get some give, get some giveaways together. Uh, so we can all try out these, these glasses. Now I don't own any of these, <laughs> uh, but I know, but I know a lot of people that do and, um, they're really cool. I know a lot of people use them at the beaches, at the pool and stuff like that. Uh, and they're just good to have, uh, when you can't take a glass somewhere, but you you know, you don't want to drink something out of the can or drink something out of the bottle. You can pour something into a B cup um, and have a, a a better tasting experience with your beer. So we'll get some information together and uh, get that moving forward for, for everybody. Nice. Awesome. That's great news. Uh, okay. Is there anything, anyone else you want to? Um, just a cheers to you and John. Uh, John, I'm glad to see you guys are uh, up and running with your 15 barrel system. Like I said we're earlier, it's a long time coming, man. I'm sure you guys are excited just to have that up and running. Uh, here's to um, little, little downtime with your system. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you guys are repumping out some beer here real soon, and uh, you know, hopefully, there's there's no gremlins in the system. So, yeah, cheers to you. Excellent. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And John, anybody, or Den Denny, anybody that you want to toast? Maybe I haven't, maybe I've been drinking a little too much. That's okay. You, you've been hitting, <laughs> you've been hitting it hard with the uh, big beer. So I understand you, you need to be, you're taking my spot in this episode where uh, you get a little sidetracked with the uh, alcohol imbibing. That's okay. I do want to raise a glass to Larry Asbury. He is the, uh, the owner of Open Forum Radio, and he is the host of the Facetious Podcast, and he has been giving us some love on his show. And I just want to raise my glass to you, Larry. Thank you for all you do for the community, and thank you for listening and for sharing Tap the Craft with your friends and coworkers. I really appreciate the support, and hopefully, you're learning some good stuff from us, and you're uh, you're expanding on your craft beer awareness and skills. Uh, I love I love when people learn. Also, his co-host Michael Corbin. Uh, he, I also want to raise my glass to Mike. Uh, he has a site on Facebook called Peace Through Colors Arts and Crafts, and he does some acrylic painting, that uh, poured painting, strained painting, and stuff that I really appreciate, really like. And I, I am uh, I ordered up. I, I I'm you know bought uh, a painting from him. That will be coming in the mail shortly. He was going to send it off this weekend, uh, and he was so grateful that I uh, I wanted to. He he actually offered me to, to, including shipping and everything, a really low price, and I could not accept the low price because I appreciate 
art for what it is and for some original pieces that even though in his mind are not worth the money for me i know what pieces like this go for especially original ones and i just couldn't you know not pay him what i thought it was worth so i went ahead and pretty much doubled what he wanted for the painting and he was so grateful that he went ahead and threw you know one or two more in there free of charge because he needed to make room because he has so much of this art that is just clouding his uh his spare room so so i'm expecting to get some art and i just want to let everyone know hey if you enjoy some unique art made from a guy who's really passionate about trying to to do unique things and 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 provide you with some uh you know some unique art go check it out it's peace through arts or peace through colors arts and crafts and I also want to raise my glass to the Open Forum Radio Fantasy Football League. Yes, it has started. We had our draft last weekend, and uh, this week is already off to a start. I'm going to get my ass kicked by Larry this week because uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think, got hurt in the beginning of the game that's on right now, and uh, he was my star quarterback, uh, he and Devontae Adams. And so when he's not in there, then Devontae Adams not doing anything. So I think I'm pretty much... Not going to win. He was kicking my butt like 106 to 60 or something like that. So, But, hey, it's a great time. I've been playing this league since it's been started like five or six years ago. And I just want to raise my glass to to them. I love football. It is football season. So I hope everyone in teams. I, I did watch the uh, Steelers and Browns game. And, man, I don't know if you saw the anything on that. I know you were out having fun, Chris. But... The Browns almost beat the Steelers today. They almost beat the Steelers every year. Oh, my gosh. But it was a comeback. <laughs> they came back from getting their butts kicked and then uh, you know, tied it up, and then they couldn't finish it off in overtime. But the game is tied 21-21. And uh, to me, a tie is a loss because it's not a, it's not a win. You don't get a number in the win category, so it's still a loss. But uh, they yeah. almost won. Yeah, well, it's also October is right around the corner, so that means hockey season's coming around too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what, Tom Joseph, he's uh, probably pretty excited about the hockey season because his uh, his team uh, won yeah. last year. What was yeah. what's his team? So I would if he he's in Virginia, right? In uh, yeah, Virginia. Yeah, so he'd probably be a Washington Capitals fan. Did the Capitals win the Stanley Cup last year? They did. Yeah, so that's what he is. He's a Capitals fan. I, I honestly don't know anything about hockey, so sorry. Sorry, sorry, Tom. I didn't mean to disrespect you, but I, I've seen all your photos of of the Cup and you guys watching the uh, the game and recording it and watching it again just because it's so great. I, I'm glad you guys won, and you can do that. So. Yeah, well, he, he and I go back on back and forth on Facebook occasionally, too, so... Uh, I didn't realize he was a, a, a hockey fan too. So it's just one more thing he and I can talk about. Uh, but I, I don't think your caps are going to make it this year, Tom. Just saying. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Also, you know, I am a former serviceman and I always want to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there protecting our freedoms, allowing Chris and I to get on here and talk about craft beer without being you know, edited or uh, censored or whatever. Hey, cheers to all you guys and gals out there. Please come back home safely to your families very soon. All right, Chris, and how about you talk about 
our sponsor, Hopcloth. Sure. I want to raise a glass to Hopcloth Apparel for partnering up with us. And I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at www.hopcloth.com and check out their creative craft beer clothing. You can use the code, uh, use the, uh, code tap the craft, which is all one word at checkout to get free shipping. Excellent. All right. And you can find the beers that we mentioned on the show in the show notes, which are located at the show posts on openforumradio.com. Also, they're located inside your little description on your podcast. So you can see everything we drank right from your, your iPod or iPhone or whatever you're listening to uh, the show on. And if you would like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? So you can follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82 or untapped on Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. And as always, you can annoy me on Facebook <laughs> at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. Excellent. All right. It is last call time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. And we want you to please tell a friend about the show. And of course, Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And just as a reminder, we do release a new episode every two weeks. So just because we don't, you know, you, you won't see us the week after this, but it's okay. You got two weeks. We'll have another show in your ears. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.